Just a minor announcement. In case you were wondering, um, every week I do record the message. And so if you are ever not able to be here, you won't be able to get it right away. But I do have the message recorded. And it comes up on our website, on our Facebook page, and um, on our podcast. Which I don't know if you knew this, but we have a podcast. And it's just our the messages. So if there is an occasion where you're not able to be here, you are um, encouraged to participate in that way. That's my brief commercial. And now I will read to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. And I will ask you to stand again this morning. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Let us pray. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. Articulate your heart through my voice to your people. Let the transformation of our lives be wrought thoroughly by the Holy Spirit in response to your truth. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This Sunday is the very last day of the calendar year. It is the culmination of 12 months that started last year on January 1st, as it always does. And it started with expectation 
everyone starts out the new year thinking, this year is gonna be different. I'm gonna exercise, diet, quit smoking. I'm gonna do better this year. Well, this is actually about six weeks into the church year because the church year starts with the first Sunday of Advent. It's Christmas Sunday, and this is actually the Sunday that every year in the church calendar, Christmas Sunday is the Sunday that falls immediately after Christmas itself. Christmas Day is followed by Christmas Sunday, unless they fall on the same day in which you get a twofer. The great thing about this being Christmas Sunday is that as you move into January 1st, tomorrow, you get to do so with the idea underscored of this, that Jesus has already come, and Jesus makes a difference in how you live your life. Now, I'm not going to say that if you make your New Year's resolutions, that Jesus is going to make them all happen and come true, and you're going to be skinnier and more fit and a non-smoker by this time next year just because you follow Jesus. Because um, those things could all happen, and Jesus would love for them to happen for you, but I'm going to tell you now that you have to do the work. Like, you can't just, like, wake up tomorrow and go, oh, I'm going to do this, Jesus is going to help me, and I don't have to do anything. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It would be nice if it did, but it doesn't work that way. And that, oh, I say all of that to bring, us to, uh, to bring us to this. Let's talk about who Simeon and Anna were. You see, Simeon was hanging out at the temple because the Holy Spirit told him to. Simeon was an old guy. We kind of know that from the scripture. And here comes Jesus' parents. Forty days after Jesus was born, they had an obligation, according to the law of Moses, to bring Jesus to the temple. And when they brought Jesus to the temple, it was the responsibility of them to bring a dove or a pigeon and a lamb. And if they couldn't afford a lamb, then they brought two doves and or two pigeons, according to what they could afford. The fact that the scripture tells us that they brought two doves or two pigeons means that they were poor. It's not surprising. They had gone to Bethlehem to live for um, a period of time and were apparently living in someone's barn. So that's not typically something that you see happen with someone who has means, right? So they had stayed in the barn, they had lived there, they had found a place to live in Bethlehem, I'm sure, by this point, and now they're uh, headed to Jerusalem, and they need to go and make this happen. Well, it seems likely that they would not have the funds to, to come up with a lamb. So they pick up two birds. The birds are there for their sacrifice. They, as they're headed in, they run into this old man. 
And as soon as this old man sees them, he knows who Jesus is. Here's the thing. There's no reason for him to know who Jesus is. The only reason that he knows is because of what scripture tells us is his character, which is this. He is a devout and righteous person, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Now, that's a a very interesting way to describe someone. And it's especially interesting when you think about the fact that in this time, pre-Pentecost, remember the Holy Spirit has not come at this point. The only time that God gave his Holy Spirit to someone was if they were dedicating their lives to him, either as a prophet or as a specific um, rite of passage known as a Nazarite. So that's why John the Baptist, who was going to, we'll see more about him later in Jesus's life, also had the Holy Spirit on him because he had lived a dedicated life. That was his point. Simeon's not called any of those things. He's not called a prophet. He's not named as a priest, but the Holy Spirit rests on him. And that's because he's devout and righteous. Let's, let's hear about what the Holy Spirit does for him. The Holy Spirit has made a particular promise to him that he's not going to die before he sees the Messiah. So we know that the Holy Spirit, that God and Simeon have a really close relationship. That's a, pretty, uh, that's a pretty cool thing when you think about the fact that he actually has this relationship with God that allows him to have a very specific personal promise to him from God. Then, the Holy Spirit prompted him to go somewhere. So Simeon was following God's leading. Simeon knew God well enough to recognize the Holy Spirit's voice telling him to go to the temple. Now, I'm going to stop right here and say it probably wasn't audible. It's not like the Holy Spirit said, uh, Simeon, hey, good morning. Uh, can you head to the temple today? It was more like Simeon knew that he needed to be in the temple that day and so because he recognized that sense of urgency as coming from God, he went to the temple. And while he was there, when Jesus came in with his parents, Jesus didn't walk at that point, by the way. FYI, he was only 40 days old. So um, Jesus didn't walk at 40 days old. None of you walked at 40 days old, I'm pretty sure. That's about a month and two weeks. For those of you keeping track at home, that's pretty small. So he was being carried. And as an infant being carried, Simeon immediately knows who it is. You only recognize Jesus when you've spent time with Jesus. When you're ready for Jesus to come, you only recognize him as a baby in his parents' arms 
when you're expecting him and you're ready for him to be there and you're in such close communion with God that you know immediately who that is. That's who Simeon was. That's what Simeon did. He recognized the Messiah immediately. Because he was devoted to God, he was able to speak about Jesus in a way that most missed throughout his entire lifetime. Simeon is the only one who stands up and says, you have sent your salvation who is for all nations. He's the one who tells Mary that this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many. Some will hear it and pay attention to what Jesus says. Some will not be able to hear it and will not pay attention to what he says. And he will be a sign that is spoken against, meaning he will have many people who are in opposition to him. And he tells Mary, it's going to be hard for you to see this. You're going to see these things happen. You're going to know these things are happening. And you're going to be devastated by these things that are going to happen to your son. And as Simeon is speaking, here comes Anna. And I want you to think about Anna for a minute. Think about this woman who some say was 84, some say she was 84 plus however long it was until she got married plus seven years, so she could have been somewhere in her early hundreds. This little old lady basically, has spent her days worshiping God, her nights praising God, spending all of her time in the temple waiting for the Messiah. And she sees Simeon holding this baby, and she comes over to him. Now, I know uh, one person who might be in the age range of Anna right now, who would have the capacity to do this. Her name is Norma. Norma is a lady that I met when I was at uh, the church in Lombard. She is 96, I think. And she lives in a nursing home. Well, she lived in a nursing home. She's back living with her daughter. While she lived in the nursing home, this is when I knew her, I would go and pick her up every week for church. And she would faithfully be out there. She would faithfully be ready. She was always, um, she was ready to go. We'd throw her walker in the, back of the, in the back of the car, and she'd climb up. I had a stool that she could step on so she could get into our van. And I would take Norma to church. And every week, Norma would have some story about someone that she shared Jesus with. Norma called me this last week. I love Norma. She is, a, she is just an awesome, awesome lady. And she called me this last week, and she said, 
Jen, I just wanted you to know I've been praying for you, and I hope that things are going well for you out there, wherever you are. She didn't know I was here. She thought I was still down in Danville. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> things have changed. And she said, um, she said, uh, I, I'm not, you know, I still go to church every Sunday. She said, um, she said, I'm teaching a Sunday school class. <laughs> She's 95. All Norma does is, Norma loves Jesus. And she wants to tell people about how much Jesus has meant to her. And I think about Norma in the context of Anna. Anna has been alone for a really long time. And Anna's hope has consistently been in the promise of a Messiah. And so she's waited. You know, her whole life would have been defined by that moment after she had been married for seven years when her husband died and she was left alone. From that point forward, everything would have changed for her. And there are lots of reasons why she could have been incredibly bitter. She would have been poor. She would have had a lot of struggles. No one would listen to her again because she was a woman and she was a widow. But she took herself to a place where she knew she could wait. And she waited, and she worshipped, and she prayed, and she kept her hope in front of her. And her hope and her faith were rewarded in the physical presence of a little baby named Jesus. And I tell you all those things about Anna and Simeon and how they saw Jesus in that moment. Not because they're special people who were set apart in some way and that were like specially set up to see Jesus. But because they were ordinary people. They were people like you and I. All they had was this hope. And this hope was fulfilled in their lifetime. They waited. They spent their time in devotion, drawing as close as possible to God, being able to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and to recognize the one who came for them when he was in their presence. I think all of these things are possible for us. We have the benefit of hearing stories about people like Anna and Simeon, and knowing that later on, Jesus would encounter ordinary people who fished for a living, People who were not named in scripture, but who lived their lives having had an encounter with Jesus. Because they were 
in their very ordinariness. I don't know if that's even a word. But in their very ordinary lives, they were able to have a moment where they encountered Jesus. We have that same privilege. We have the additional blessing of the gift of the Holy Spirit that came at Pentecost. We who believe in Jesus have the Holy Spirit with us. All we have to do is trust that God is there. We spend our time in scripture. We spend our time praying. And we spend our time in regular worship as a way of continuing to keep us close enough to God so that we hear his voice and recognize it when we hear it. We are all given the opportunity to encounter the living Jesus and to be the living Jesus to someone else. Because our lives were changed just as much as Anna's and Simeon's in that moment when Jesus became flesh. It is part of what we celebrate today as we celebrate at the table. The incarnation of a living king is what makes our devotion to him worth it. God is with us, just as God was with them. In the form of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are able to say today that we are in God's presence. And that is an incredible blessing.